Today's episode of Titus and Tate is brought to you by Discover. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with zero limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. You already know this, folks. We've talked about it a thousand times on the show. 99% of places in the United States that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. On today's episode of Titus and Tate, we are talking about the NBA. Tate, there are like three weeks left in the season. Mm. And uh, we, 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 as we have always said on the show many times over, we do not discriminate with our basketball. We just prefer with our basketball. Mm-hmm. We prefer I have a preference, basketball. yes. I have a preference. I do not uh, dislike the NBA. And now uh, the NBA is the basketball to watch. Uh, there's three weeks left in the season. So we have to, we have to catch up the friends of the program. Because if you've been listening to our show, for the last few months, you've been locked in on the college basketball scene. Mm-hmm. You might not know what's going on in the NBA, and uh, that's what we're here for. We're here to explain it to you. Yes, it's a guide to the NBA for the uh, the novice, the amateur fan, the college mm-hmm. basketball fan. Uh, and you bring up our preference. I mean, there are two new leagues that got a, that got announced today. There's an overtime. I love them league. both. I'm a huge <laughs> fan of both. Yeah, of them. <laughs> it's just not my preference. I love them though, and. Uh, that's, I think, how we have to stand moving forward with our basketball affinities because it seems like the world wants to splinter basketball. And you and I, we're, we're an ELE. We're an all-collective yep. cadet, cadet, together of basketball. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe we can get back there. But for now, we're going to talk about the NBA. And I'm excited about that. We are. We're, it's it's going to be like a little NBA. It's a crash course. Yes. Yeah, that, that, that's how we're packaging this. It, it's we, our we did version this, of the NBA. Yeah. Yes. We did this uh, something similar when the Super Bowl was over, and we mm-hmm. said, "Hey, if you haven't been watching college basketball, uh, here you go. Here's a little guide for you." Now it's now it's the opposite kind of. <laughs> if you have been watching college basketball, and you're like, "Now what the hell do I do with my time?" I'm going to tell you what. Watch the NBA. We're going to talk about it. Uh, we're going to do a little college basketball at the end, though. That's what you yeah. know. We, we we can't. There there's not a day that goes by that something doesn't happen in the world of college basketball. Mac McClung coming back to Texas Tech. Corey Kispert taking shots at Tony. Yes, Bennett. so many shots. Well, well, and, and Portland State's new head coach. I want to talk about this guy because what a character this guy is. Uh, so we'll do all that at the end. Uh, but but today, for the most part, it is a deep dive on, on what has been happening in the NBA season. So uh, if, yeah. if you have not been watching... Uh, maybe you listen to us, learn a thing or two, and now you can watch the the push to the playoffs here. So, and the last note: this is good news for you and I because our friends of the program they're doing great in the NBA. You know, we haven't mm-hmm. been keeping up with them. We don't do that. We don't like to make it about us. You know, as we as we <laughs> like to say. <laughs> but our friends of the program are doing great. We're happy for them. And I we can't d- wait to talk about it. If we say it enough, it'll be true. We definitely don't like to make it about us. Uh, just look all at right, the name of the all- show. You know, what I mean, it took three <laughs> yeah, times for yeah. us just to make it about us. <laughs> We kept quitting shows. We wanted to make it about us so badly. We kept quitting yes. shows so we yes. could name the shows yes. after ourselves. Finally. Oh, God. All that's coming up, but first. Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Okay, how do we want to do this, Tate? You want to like just do like a big picture thing before we get into the weeds, talk about players and coaches and whatever else. Like, should we do like a big broad thing and and, and go from there? I don't know. Like, I, I I think we do this. I think we connect the dots between college basketball and the NBA. And the only way you can do that these days is to go to Bloomington, Indiana, and go to the head coach mm. of your Indiana Hoosiers, Mike Woodson, uh, because last night we saw it, America saw it. Um, the haters at home definitely saw it. Mike Woodson was uh, basically showered 
with love by you know his former New York Knicks team. Uh, Theo Pinson, friend of the program, gives him a big hug there. Uh, Reggie Bullock, another friend of the program. Derek Rose, um, you know, more and more legends in the Calipari world. Um, <laughs> that's, it, it, that's what I want to talk about. I mean, is... could you ask for a better connection into the NBA conversation than Mike Woodson going back to Madison Square Garden, to the Mecca, uh, and making some noise for college basketball? That was great to see, Titus. So I want to start there. I, I love that you love Mike Woodson more than I do. <laughs> yes, like, I do. You're, you're, you're ready to fight them. You're ready to go on the Mike Woodson crusade more than I am. Yes, like I was totally 100%. fine not even talking about Woody in the show. That's any, what you want to open with. <laughs> any coach that tries to to hire Larry Brown is good in my book forever. All so right. the fact that Mike Woodson did that and is also the man, you know what I mean? It's uh, if you're if you're someone who said that Mike Woodson would struggle to recruit because he's 63 years mm. old. Uh, first of all. That's all. That's literally all he's done since he's taken over the job. It's just like every other day, there's a new, the new person committing. Tamar Bates, the number three recruit in the country. Miller Cop. Yep. Yep. Uh, Also a friend of the program. We had nothing to do with that. We did not dirty recruit (laughs) that, but I did congratulate him. Uh, so Mike Woodson's been when filling out the roster. I believe Indiana, Indiana is now out of scholarships, but he's been like I, I. I mean, you could argue that since the guy's taken over at Indiana, he's recruited better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Given that I don't know, it's a small window, small sample size, but like for God's sake, I mean, the biggest thing that he did was recruit Trace Jackson Davis out of the NBA yes. back to college basketball. Yes. yes. The only thing he kind of missed on, which was, is it even a miss? Is Armand Franklin ended up going to Virginia, but like you know, it's okay. Happened, you know, yeah. Okay. So I guess that's like the one. The one thing you missed. Uh, but the point was, is that uh, if you're someone who's like, Mike Woodson's not going to be able to crew. First of all, he's done all that. <laughs> but I think last night, the Knicks winning their eighth straight and Mike Woodson being in attendance, because it's my understanding he still has, he, he was back in New York because he's literally moving stuff from his old place yes, to his new he's place. Still, he's like going he's back He's just home. like us. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's got to move. So he's like back in New York City, just like helping the movers pack up his truck. Um, so he's at the Knicks game. And this to me was the final nail in the coffin that like, I don't want to hear a damn word about whether Mike Woodson's going to be able to crew when four count them four Tate mm. of John Calipari's guys, Cal's guys yes. are lined up, dapping up Mike Woodson, giving him a big bear hug, Julius Randall, an all-star uh, most notable mo- um, amongst them mm-hmm. sign in his Jersey, walks over to Woody, gives him a big hug. Uh, Derek Rose, Emmanuel quickly. Mm-hmm. Who's the four? Oh, uh, uh, Kevin Knox is yes. the, the, the four thousand thing. I know, uh, Nerlens is on the team, but I didn't see a video of him hugging Woody, but point is that, uh, that is something he abstained. Because... Uh, Noel wanted to stay cows guy. So he said, I really want to go hug Woody, but I know what this is. So I'm going to stay. Back. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like the Larry David gift feigning or like Dr. Phil gift. Yes, yes. Uh, watching, watching guys who played at Kentucky guys, whose coach is still at Kentucky. Uh, guys who are, are legends in certain ways at Kentucky. I'd say Julius Randall, probably more than the others, mm-hmm. but, um, and Derrick Rose obviously is not a legend in Kentucky, but like his co, he's in the Cal universe, and, and John Calipari would lead you to believe that Derrick Rose did play. Yes, in Kentucky. he, he I think wants you to think wants. that he went to the title game in 08 with Kentucky. Yes. Yeah, uh, all of these guys are Cal's guys, and they are dapping up the head coach of the Indiana Hoosiers. <laughs> it is that that is like something that is it's it's mind blowing. Like I, I I feel like I've seen it all at this point. Yeah, that, that this would ha- or the rivalry's dead. Mm-hmm. One of the two, maybe the rivalry between Kentucky and Indiana is now officially dead, but. Yikes! If you think if you think Woody's not gonna be able to recruit, when Cal's guys, yeah, I mean, are, let, let's our take, team Woody. I mean, let's let's take it a step further. I mean, Matt Jones, uh, we love Matt Jones. We'll call him a friend of the program as well. He was calling this team the Kentucky Knicks. So for the Kentucky Knicks to yes. then go dap up the Hoosier head coach in <laughs> Madison is. Square Garden, when you take a a look at it from a, a Kentucky vantage point, 
that is pretty jarring, especially like you said, yeah. Emmanuel quickly is the future uh, for NBA basketball for Kentucky fans to kind of point to. It's Shea and quickly, like those are probably the young mm-hmm. guards they point to and say, obviously, Booker has now moved on beyond that to be like an MVP kind of guy. But uh, regardless, uh, it was shocking to see, and it was also great for Mike Woodson, and it was great for me at home because. I uh, I love this Knicks team, and I think that was a good yeah, segue was, into the Knicks, right? We can talk about yeah. The Knicks. Let's let's talk about the Knicks. They've won eight straight. Uh, Knicks fans are losing their mind. They're they're what are they? as of this recording. By the way, we're, I, we got to timestamp this for the people. It's uh, it's Thursday. We're recording on Thursday. It's about four. Uh, I guess I guess the East Coast games are about to tip off. Mm-hmm. Like who's playing tonight? The uh, the, yeah. the Sixers are playing the uh, Bucks. The right? Bucks exactly. Sixers Bucks and um the the Celtics are playing somebody. I forget who. Let me look it up. Oh, they're playing the Suns. The Suns. Yeah. Celtics Suns. Yeah, that's on it. The, the both those games are about to tip off. Um. So you know, I I, I say that just in case anything insane happens <laughs> and you guys wonder why we're not talking about that. Uh. But the Knicks, as of this recording, have won eight straight. Tate. Um, the, they are in fourth place in the Eastern Conference, and Knicks fans are absolutely losing their minds. And I guess I want to start the Knicks discussion with this. Uh, I I have famously hated Knicks fans publicly for a very long time. I haven't made it like one of my brands. I don't mm-hmm. talk about it a lot. But when the topic gets brought up, I'm not afraid to say that Knicks fans are annoying. Shut the hell up. <laughs> yes. They, they, they are entitled in the sense that they believe that they are the only tortured franchise <laughs> in sports. That was always the frustration for me. It's like... You've been to NBA Finals. You've had Hall of Famers lead your team. Do you understand how many professional sports franchises exist out there? Have none of that. That have had none of that. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> that just like, like, dude, I would love to make the playoffs like mm-hmm. once, you know, in my lifetime. Uh, so for for Knicks fans to always like have this sense of entitlement, from my perspective, I have not loved it. I have not loved that they, they whoever the Knicks draft, they boo. I, I've always like I've always been like watching this from afar. Like, shut the hell up! Dude. They were right like, about Chris Stops, though. We gotta say and, that. Yeah, Give them credit. Yeah. They were right. <laughs> but I, what I wanted to say, Amia Culpa here. I want to tap my chest and say I I found myself last night actually happy for Knicks fans because I saw how happy Knicks fans are to be in fourth place, mm. and I realized there this is genuine in the sense that like this isn't a, a deal where uh, Knicks fans are just complaining to complain because I felt like that there was a little bit of that. Like the Knicks could go to the finals and lose in game seven on a buzzer beater and Knicks fans would be like, we suck. I hate this team. Blow it up. You know? Um, but the fact that they are celebrating fourth place, eight, eight regular season wins in a row to this extent. Uh, I, I gotta say, I was wrong about you. I was like, Knicks fans are real. They're, 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 I, I mean, I knew they were real fans, but I mean, they're, they're like actually capable of feeling joy, I guess. And in that sense, uh, you're not just like a, a pit of cynicism that I believed you to be. So yeah. uh, I'm sorry, a little bit. Yeah, I'm halfway sorry. You're halfway sorry. <laughs> and the best thing that ever happened to the Knicks was they were in the sweepstakes, you know, for Kevin Durant, for Kyrie Irving. That's what a lot of people thought those two were going to do. And instead they go to Brooklyn, they form a super team. And then, you know, the Knicks look around and say, all right, Julius Randle, we'll sign you back to a two-year deal. Uh, we're going to be tanking. Uh, we're going to hire Tom Thibodeau. He's probably not going to win many games, and we're going to wait until the next era. But that's not what's happened at all. Leon Rose, no. this front office with the Knicks, they have built a gritty team. And they have built, I think, Titus, I think the reason why they are so good is because they're the best-conditioned team in the NBA. And the best part about this is Miami, we, we heard all about the Miami Heat, the culture of the Heat, how, how they get their guys into shape. That's what Tom Thibodeau is doing with this team. And this yeah. team is bought in. And this team plays Julius Randle plays 43 minutes a game. <laughs> <It's insane. laughs> so 
when you like when you look at it like that, I mean that's insane, but it's also impressive because he has the conditioning to do that and he's not, you know, dead after every game. He he seems like he's prepared to play that many minutes. He understands the workload that's going to be on him and they know who they are as a team. They're a defensive first team and then they have mm-hmm. a guy that you know, late in a possession, we need a basket. We know who to go to and it's Julius Randle. So they have an identity. Well, and they also have Derrick Rose who is somehow yeah. become forgotten and is one of the best closers, the Mariano Rivera of basketball of sorts, where he comes in the fourth quarter, knows time and score, and sets the table and gets the win. And it's it's been beautiful. It's been fun to watch. Well, how many – you mentioned uh, buying in how and, and just the idea that, like – because Tibbs does – I mean, that, that that is – when Tibbs was hired by the Knicks, there was the sense that, like, oh, God, here we go. Yeah. Like, this isn't – Knicks like, fans were like, very For some upset. reason, Tom Thibodeau – uh, is is it, it, it the sentiment around him? Certainly not right now because he's winning a lot of games. Mm-hmm. But it, it feels like the sentiment around him is that the game has sort of passed him by, and, the, and that he's an old school guy. He, yep. he he wants defense. He demands a lot of his players, physically, mentally, whatever. And that just doesn't work. And 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 the play in the quote unquote player empowerment era, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but my question, like, it, he's proving that it's working. But how much of it is the roster construction? Because you look at like. Like you said, if 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 Harden and and Kyrie and Durant are there, they're not buying in. But you look at you look at the Knicks roster. You have Julius Randle, who's kind of like a Lakers outcast. Yep. You know R.J. Barrett, who you know was at once once upon a time was the number one recruit in the country, but then people have forgotten Duke. about him and said yes. he's no good. But R.J. is a great defender and has been a, turned into a really good three point shooter. He's he he he's kind of like got the chip on his shoulder of being uh oh he wasn't even the best player on his college team mm-hmm. and and he was living in Zion's shadow and he he goes to Duke thinking I'm the number one guy and now all of a sudden I'm number two on my own team what the hell just happened mm-hmm. uh Reggie Bullock <laughs> Mitch, Mitchell Robinson Alex but like you start going down the list Derrick Rose you brought up who uh is has had a hell of a career a roller coaster career yeah. for a thousand different reasons mm-hmm. um. That has to play into it, right? Like all these guys are are conditioned, uh, not physically but mentally, emotionally, given their NBA journeys, their basketball journeys, to buy into a Tom Thibodeau, who can uh, an old school guy who's like, if you if you guys all all believe in the concept of the team, this can work, and it's refreshing <laughs> to see at the NBA level because like I think the stereotypes of the NBA is like this kind of thing doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, absolutely, and you forgot our friend of the program, Obi Toppin, who is you know had some moments of, of flash, which is fun to see if you're a Knicks fan because he's your rookie. He's a guy you're pulling for. They got Mitchell Robinson, who I think is a fan favorite at home, and also is a five. That, this is what I wanted to say. When you look at the Knicks, like from a perspective of a college basketball, or from our point of view, you you go down it and you say Derrick Rose, five star, Mitchell Robinson, five star. Julius Randle, five-star. Emmanuel Quickly, five-star. Uh, Theo Pinson, five-star. You know what I mean? Nerlens Noel, five-star. Kevin Knox, five-star. You know, Reggie Bullock, five-star. R.J. Barrett, five-star. And they all went to Blue Bloods. So they all know mm-hmm. kind of the game. And like you said, they, they've been almost like the secondary characters, you know, at times in their careers. And they've been cast aside like guys like Derrick Rose and Julius Randle. Julius Randle came in to be Kobe's, you know, guy to learn from and help him stay right. competitive. But he wasn't quite there yet, as any rookie would be in, in 2014. But he learned a lot from Kobe, and he used a lot of those lessons in New York to, to kind of, you know, show and, and build habits for guys that they, they all talk about. Reggie's been talking about it. And you and I both know this uh, from watching him in 2017 and throughout his time at North Carolina. Theo Pinson is literally, 
a plus five from the bench. I mean, he literally is like he he gives you a boost from the bench. And I don't I've never seen anything quite like it. Kent Bazemore is the closest I've ever seen to that. But Theo Pinson is a great teammate. I, I don't know how it really works. Uh, Reggie Bullock, I, that's my guy. He, he has been great. Um, he and Derrick Rose had a nice little overtime uh, play to go into overtime the other night where, you know, D Rose kicks it out to him for the corner three. Um in general, this Knicks team is an underdog team, and that's why they're fun. And it should yeah. never be that way with the New York Knicks. And uh, I think that's why I'm so fascinated by him because Tibbs I love because people have cast him aside. You know, it's just like it's, yeah, like, it's the I mean, bad it news like, bears. Like it, they're the it's best. the bad news bears in New York City <laughs> yeah. with the like with the mecca, like the, the mecca playing the mecca of basketball. <laughs> like they're somehow lovable so underdogs, good. and they have all they have it all. They're all five stars. Like it doesn't make any yeah. sense. Um, but yeah, they're, they're a fun team. And so do, do are they a fun team? Is that a, are, are they, do you say they're a fun team in the way we say that coaches are good guys? Is this like a backhanded compliment that like, it's, it's a fun loving story, but like, get the hell out of here in New York. Like you're not gonna, when the playoffs come, you guys are getting swept in the first. I mean, round, yeah. So. so we'll just look at the Eastern conference. If you haven't been keeping up with the NBA, it's kind of a two team race for the number one seed in the Eastern conference. And it's Philadelphia and Brooklyn. Philadelphia has kind of had it. You know, the entire season as Brooklyn has had KD be out, James Harden be out, Kyrie mm -hmm. be out, and they've staggered themselves throughout the year, which is – I don't know how that works with injuries, but I've never seen it be able to yeah. be perfectly staggered out with who's they've available. They've had two or three always available. Always available. One of three yeah. is always available. I, I don't know yeah. how that huh. works, but they're able to get that. Um, but hopefully they'll all be healthy for the playoffs. <laughs> I would assume that they will be. Um, so, anyways, that's the two-man race at the top. The Bucks are in this weird quasi land where they are the three seed definitively. They are trying to bump up into like the race for the one seed, but they just have been you know two and a half, three games, four games back perennially the entire season. But they're right there. They feel like they feel like the Bucks are. I don't want to do this again because we already did in the analogies of the, the <laughs> NBA teams and the college teams, but that's where my mind goes. It's like trying to like yeah. the Bucks are they Gonzaga mm. or are they like Virginia before Virginia won the title? I think they're I think Virginia. They might be Virginia. They're Virginia before Virginia won the title. Exactly. Where it feels like now they're at a point where they're like they, they they've come around on like who cares about the regular season? Yes. Not that they're not trying. <laughs> it's just that like they're like for God's sakes, we've been the one seed. We lose all. The, we haven't even made the finals. Yeah. This is ridiculous. We 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 <laughs> know what this game is at this point. And Diakite yeah. is on the Bucks, and they're calling him Baby That's Giannis. True. All right. And uh, so it already there we go. That, that gets the there Virginia go. stuff going. They're Virginia then. They're yeah. Virginia. They're three and a half games back right now. And then there's uh, a four game gap pretty much the entire year before we get to the four seed. And it's been all these other teams battling to be the four seed, whether it's the the Hornets, whether it's the Knicks, whether it's the Hawks, whether it's the Celtics, and they're all mm -hmm. kind of jockeying for position there. Right now, it's the Knicks, and the Hawks are half a game back. The Celtics are a game back. Uh, the Heat are, you know, one and a half games back, and the Hornets are right there at the eighth seed, and they're three and a half games back. So, uh, in general, it's been fun, but it's whoever's healthiest, and the Celtics were terrible for quite some time. But then Marcus Smart came back. Uh, Jason Tatum went on a little yeah. run. Jalen Brown was, you know, as Bill would say, Brad doing Jalen Brown got rejuvenated because he got a massive raise because Indiana offered him a ton of money. And then, uh, no, no, that's not right. The Indiana didn't offer him anything. They didn't offer him at all. Yeah, they didn't fact, offer him. Uh, he actually didn't, didn't talk to him. him. He, he didn't he, talk to him. It would he actually be way below him for him to ever talk to Indiana. He never picked up the phone. Never heard of her is what he said. I was so glad that that story came uh, out after the fact, by the way. I, uh, I was waiting for it to come out. We're spending too much time on <laughs> Indiana's coaches. <laughs>
Oh, <laughs> uh, you mentioned the injuries. I guess that's like a big bullet point of mm. of the season. Is a lot of guys are getting injured. A lot of that. Would you say like that? The 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 blowouts. There have been a lot of blowouts. There have been a lot of injuries. Mm. Uh, Clay Thompson, we know, has not played all season because he tore his Achilles. Uh, Jamal Murray just tore his ACL yeah. not too long ago. Spencer Dinwiddie started the season with the torn ACL. I mean, then you Who got else, like you, Jay Wiseman's out for the year, right? Yep, yep, exactly. Who else is out? I mean, there, there's, I mean, then Lamelo's been TJ out, Warren, right? Yeah, yeah. Lamelo's been out, yeah. I mean, there, there's been, and then Kate, and then I talked about the Nets. I mean, the Nets have been rotating in guys the entire year. Anthony Davis has been out for 30 games, but he's coming back tonight. LeBron is out. I mean, if as you go around the league and and you kind of look around, there's been so many injuries. So, yeah. The question is: Is it load management, Tate? Mm. Is it uh, the the schedule? I think I think the the prevailing the uh, the company line will say is that is the, the, these injuries. If there if there is an, in fact an uptick in injuries, which I don't even know if there actually is. Like I don't know if the data says that there are more injuries or not, but it certainly feels like there's. Um, the company line seems to be that's because we're playing all these games. So we're packing them in because as a reminder, the season did not start till December 22nd. That's two months after it usually starts. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to throw 72 games in this condensed window. And that's why guys are getting hurt. But if you're a conspiracy theorist, you're saying, are they hurt at all? Is the tweaking of the ankle mm-hmm. real? Is, is, is Anthony Davis who people thought he tore his Achilles and now he's coming back. Is that a coincidence? Yes, as the Lakers are falling uh, down the rankings, you know, or sliding down, some people are asking these questions, and I think they're good questions to ask. But I also will say this. before, So the way they did it, with the NBA put a schedule out for the first half of the season to get us to All-Star break, and then they put together a second schedule then put that out. Yeah, they didn't even put out the second half, they, right? Yeah, like before so they, the they, they staggered it to like kind of keep the players mentally from knowing – like what it was going to look like. No idea what's to come. Exactly. Like, it's like it's like you're it's like you're you're doing like football workouts or something, and your strength coach is like telling you to like hold a plank <laughs> yeah. after after you've been after practice or whatever, and then he's not going to tell you how long because he doesn't want you to know there's only ten seconds left. Exactly. So he's just like just hold it. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's and, and, and it feels like forever, and that, yeah. that like kind of holds over you. So that's what the NBA did. And on the front side of the schedule, they were averaging around like three point two games per week. And on the second side, they're averaging about 3.5 games per week. So you're you're getting close to four games a week. There are only seven days in a week for people at home. So that yeah. is not a lot of recovery time. And so when you don't have a lot of recovery time, recovery time, you have a lot of guys that load manage, like a Kawhi Leonard, who is, mm-hmm. I think, probably the most famous he's, player for load manage. He's a load manage guy. Yeah, he is. That should be his nickname somehow. It's like <laughs> the load manager. The, the manager. <laughs> <laughs> the manager. Just in, a new, in a new balance jumpsuit uh, uh, he, he walks up and he says in a monotone voice I'm here to manage my load <laughs> <laughs> there's this new balance <laughs> buy our shoes <laughs> Honestly, that's the most. That might be the best Kawhi commercial to ever come out. I think he did like Jolly Rancher shoes instead, but it should have been <laughs> let me let me manage my load. Let me, um, let me manage. <laughs> wow, uh, Kawhi Leonard is the face of load management, and I think it's been a ripple effect because I think it 2019 he wins the title. Um, yep. obviously with the Raptors, the one and done year. And I think, you know, he gets the all-star MVP last year, which kind of says, you know, that's the way that these players say who the best is. Kyrie did it in 2014. Then LeBron goes to Cleveland in the summer. You know, it's, it's kind of like a wink, wink as to who, who's who in the league. As much as nobody cares about the all-star game, that's kind of what happens there. And anyways, I say all that to say, 
when Kawhi did that, he showed the LeBrons and the Kevin Durants of the world there is another path, and the path is yeah. to endure, and the path is to sustain until the primetime lights are on. And I think mm -hmm. if you're LeBron, if you're Kevin Durant, if you're Kyrie, if you're Anthony Davis, and you know that the legacy play all comes in the playoffs, and that's when you have to be at your peak, you know what you're playing for. Even the Bucks, like you said, they learned in the bubble. What are we doing here? Why why are yeah. we yeah. why are we fighting so hard to get home court advantage and we're playing in a bubble? And maybe this year it changes. That is Virginia. That, that was <laughs> that was Virginia winning the ACC every year yes. and then losing in in the early in the tournament before they make the final four. Yeah. And then everyone looks back on Virginia's year and says, What a disaster. Mm -hmm. What a failure. Yeah. And they won thirty three games or something. Exactly. I mean, dude, think about the Hawks back in the day that would go on to lose to LeBron every time. Like that Mike Woodson yeah. coached at one time. And you know, some of those teams uh, in general, like you just the Raptors. But no, Mike Woodson was a bad coach. Like when he was hired at IU, he was thought of as a like people were laughing at the hire because mm -hmm. like he's a flame out in the NBA. Because he, he what, what did he ever win? And I was like, did he not have the one seed in the East? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like well, that that doesn't count. You have to win in yeah. the playoffs, which I get it. We, we live in a rings culture, but uh, that, that's kind of the point here is that like it's. it's I mean, he took the he, he took the New York Knicks to the Eastern Conference semifinals in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. And people, but he didn't win and, and Knicks fans are so. celebrating being the fourth seed in the regular season. Like that's how, like that's how quickly we we forget things. I feel like, but in general, like as we look at the landscape, you know, with these stars, they're all playing for the title. They're all playing for the stretch run of the season. The most fascinating team to me that I think is almost playing too well in the regular season, and a team that I think we need to bring up, the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Um, and I think that they are obviously a team that you and I both love with the, the bubble. They go eight, no eight, no in the bubble. Chris Paul joins Chris Paul has been playing some extreme basketball, stellar basketball. Um, this is the best he's played since he, uh, let the Clippers. Exactly. You say? Yes. I would, I would say this is the best non Clippers or post Clippers year of Chris Paul. I mean, the, the, I, the thunder year last year was interesting because he was so great, but they yeah. were so bad, but it was like him almost passing the torch to Shea and, and teaching those guys how to it be just, professionals. Yeah. It, it feels right with him on the suns now. Like yeah. I, I guess like the rockets, it felt like a tug of war at all times, mm -hmm. obviously it did. And that that made no sense. That was like, should have never happened. If like old school basketball GM still existed, they would have never had James Harden and Chris Paul on the team. You know, the thunder. Yeah. The thunder was weird too. Cause they have, they had like a thousand point guards and yeah, was, like, it was Chris Paul. It was that, Chris Paul there yeah. to like teach the future. <laughs> to teach, yeah. And it was like, it, it, I don't know. Like we, he's playing well, but it, I don't know. And, th and finally at long last, Chris Paul's back in a position where he's like, I am the point God. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, to point that's what i do mm -hmm. uh I, I i made that observation recently that chris paul is the greatest pointer yes in the history of of the nba we we He's saw so it at summer at league point. remember he taught yeah. us how to run the pick so and roll we just it. saw him like teaching it from a distance and i was like i i He's now get so it. good at dribbling the ball up and just pointing at his team and like who knows what he's saying it doesn't even matter you just like trust it you just get a shot at chris paul pointing you're like my god this guy is is locked in <laughs> i mean the the best part about chris paul too is that uh like with this team he's having fun it's not like he is yeah like when he was with the clippers it felt like he was having to give a lesson to blake and deandre and some of these guys to like lock in like you know it's not time it's not play time it's not fun time we gotta like lock in here and try to win this game with this team they're already locked in because Monty Williams, their coach, I think he should be the coach of the year in the NBA. I really do. Um, he deserves some recognition for what he did in the bubble. But what he's done by, you know, integrating Chris Paul into this young team and having Chris Paul empower DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton, people laughed at us, Titus, when we said he should be the number one pick. And uh, he yeah. he's now probably 
their most he's probably their biggest x factor when it comes to their team because mm. they have a guy mm. who could on a on a given night go for 22 and 15 if they have to if he has to mm -hmm. and chris paul knows how to put him in the right spots he's learned a lot this year i think he's gotten a lot better and then you got guys like mikhail bridges who you and i both know from villanova who can really break out cameron johnson my guy mm -hmm. who can break out and then they got guys like jay crowder who just went to the nba finals with the miami heat so they have guys who are proven in the playoffs um i like the suns team so yeah, the Suns are the two seed in the West right now, yep. which the West is still the the better conference, by the by way. Far. For for those yeah, for those at home who aren't paying mm -hmm. attention and they're wondering, uh, the, the the they are the two seed in the West and the Lakers are the, the fifth seed, seed. So that gives yeah, you context the, the Lakers of are the, the West. Seed. Yeah. But I, I guess we just got done talking about like sort of the load management that goes on in the NBA, and and we're bringing up the Suns being the two seed. The fear becomes, yes. in much the same way it becomes with the, the Knicks as a four seed and, and the Jazz or the one seed, which I want to talk about the Jazz here mm -hmm. in a second too. Um, the fear becomes like, yeah, this is great, but just wait till the playoffs. You guys suck, and you're, it's going to bear itself out. This is this is the one frustration. I mean, I have a lot of frustrations with the NBA, but this is probably my number one frustration with the with with trying to follow the NBA throughout the regular season. Uh, it, is the, the games don't matter in the sense that um, it, it's hard to draw conclusions from these games mm -hmm. in the same way you would in college. Like in college, if you lose a game uh, at home by 12, like that's, that sticks with you the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. We're looking back on that and we're saying like, can West Virginia, I don't know if I trust West Virginia because remember when they lost to, to, you know, Kansas State, that one game, at, you know, yeah. at, at home. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, uh, that was a bad loss. That doesn't happen in the NBA because teams are load managing. And the, like, if, because if, 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 the NBA worked like college. The Jazz would be by far the, the favorites to win this thing. By far. To win the title. And they're not. And that is that is frustrating as a neutral observer because like you want to talk yourself into the Suns, into the Jazz, into the Knicks. But then mm -hmm. the rational part of your brain is like, listen, it's Lakers, it's Nets, it's Clippers. That's it. That's kind of what it feels like. Yeah, and I think that's like the, the conversation that everyone's having with the Jazz right now in the NBA circles because everyone has the, the sneaking suspicion that they are just a regular season team and they're going to hit the hump and they're going to have to look around their team and say, wait a second, Jordan Clarkson's going to you know be our guy? He's going to be the yeah. one that we're leaning on. Look, no shade to Jordan Clarkson. He's a six. He's a sixth man of the year. With all due respect. With all due respect, but like when you get yeah. to the playoffs and it's ADs looking at LeBron and Donovan Mitchell's looking at Jordan Clarkson – you know, that's, that's a different, you know, we're, we're talking about different tiers of, of, yeah. of stars that are going up against each other. So that's the one concern when you look at the Utah jazz, but in general, the thing that you mentioned, like we can't have like, um, like plot points or litmus tests throughout their season, like to kind of figure out who they are. The one that I had, um, was, you know, earlier this year, the jazz, I think they were about 17, 20 games into the season. They played the nuggets and the nuggets are a team that came back from three, one against this team. Uh, yep. that, that shocked them. The kind of, you know, it was like a, a just shock to the system in the bubble. Um, and the Nuggets just blew them out. And I thought that the Jazz were going to come in that game and say, hey, like, F these guys. Like, I, I'm going to make sure that they know that we remember and we're going to send a message here. But that's just not how Utah operates as a team. That's just not who they are. So it, it's hard when you have that kind of mentality because I think it does come from college basketball at some level where I expect that to be the case. But that's not right. what it is. And it's, the funny thing is I talked to BJ Armstrong, who, you know, I do a show with. We talk about the NBA and stuff. And I talked to BJ off the record after that game. And he goes, man, I wish Utah would have showed me something there. So, like, mm -hmm. you know, so mm -hmm. there is a little bit of that that still happens in the NBA where, you know, people are like, you got to – 
there there has to be little signs or signifiers that are like they have the fire to to turn it up a level when they need to in the playoffs. And that is the concern with the Utah Jazz, even though they have the best yeah. record in the NBA and they've been the best team in the NBA. It's not just having the best record. They have by been far. the best team in the NBA by far. Yes, they, by far. It's a clinic. I, I if you haven't watched them play, it's a it's a clinic every single time. I want to point out that like the the, the Utah Jazz are the the Ken Palm darling. Yes. Of the NBA, absolutely. They, the 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 analytics. They they <laughs> lead the league in three point shots made, mm-hmm. Tate, which is good. Which, as we know, that is what the NBA has become. Yep. Is uh, when Steph Curry in 2016 showed us that three is worth more than two. Yes. That is what the league has been trying to catch up to. And the Utah Jazz lead the league and made threes. I like to think that all they, the GMs got together, yeah. all the owners. Like, how do we catch up? How do they sh- <laughs> Three is more than two. They're, like, looking at the board. <laughs> you just said, it's like a money ball. It's, it's the Sloan Sports Conference. And, like, Daryl Morey's up there, like, giving a speech. And he's got his he's got his hands tinted in front of his face. And he's like, gentlemen, I present to you my data. Yes. I have studied how the Golden State Warriors have done this. Mm. Their shots that they make are worth three points. The shots that our teams make are worth two points. <laughs> and like everyone's it, it, down it, It's Neil's head in the background of the Chappelle skit. His head explodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so anyway, the Jazz lead the league in, in making threes. They also, Tate, are first place in the league in three-point shots made against them. So their three-point defense, the, 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 the amount of threes they give up is number one. So I think you, you just start there. You point that out. They're 44 and 15. They have played one of the hardest schedules in the league. Mm. Uh, everything is there in the sense that, that if this was college basketball, we would very heavily believe that the Utah Jazz are the favorites. In fact, I remember when we were doing the bubble stuff, mm-hmm. We were the, the one show where we did compare teams in the bubble to NBA teams. I don't know if you remember this, Tate. People people forget this. I said the Utah Jazz are the Baylor of the NBA. Mm. Makes you think. Makes you think. I said they're the Baylor of the NBA. Mm. They're good enough to like mix it up, but they, they can't quite get over the hump. They can't quite win anything. Baylor got over the hump, Tate. Yeah. The Jazz are the best team. Ken Palm says it. Um, but Bogdanovich is back. Yeah. He's awesome. He he did not play in the bubble. Uh, as we know, he had the uh was his his wrist? Was I think the, it was a wrist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, yeah, he, he was obviously out. But yeah, it was. I think it was. I a wrist. Right. Um, and Mike Conley, mm-hmm. NBA All Star Mike Conley mm-hmm. is still playing for the Jazz, and he's playing well. And there's that. So I don't know. That that's uh. W- w- would you say like if I was to ask you like who who in the NBA is better than people think? And by people, I mean like college basketball fans, casual NBA fans, people that haven't been like locked in. Um, in terms of players, teams, what have you? Like, what's the first one that comes to mind? The Suns? Do you think that would be the biggest surprise to people that haven't been following the NBA that much? I think it would first be the Utah Jazz, just saying that they have had the number, they've had the best record. Like by bat- far the best team. Exactly. Yeah, like, because yeah. people are like, what, what do you mean by far the best team? What about the Nets? What about the Lakers? You're like, yes, yeah. better than them. Um, so I think that would be the- They're the Kentucky, that's the Kentucky and Duke of <laughs> yeah. the NBA, where it's like, I know Duke's ranked seventh and Kentucky's ranked 12th. But they're really the like, best. I still right? want to talk. I, they're really the best. Like, when the, the tournament comes, we, yeah, we, three, we know they're Get rid right. of Baylor. Let's talk about Kentucky and Duke. You're like, they're not even the tournament this year, dude. Um, <laughs> that that does have a little bit of feel that the Suns are probably there. I will say the Sixers surprise people. And I think. Um, yeah. Because what the Sixers did 
You know, last year when we talked about basketball, it was a lot about the Clippers and the Lakers and, you know, a lot of the figures that were in that rivalry from last year that has now been lifted and changed so much. You know, Doc Rivers, the head coach of the Clippers, goes over to the Sixers. I think he learned from the Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, you know, having two superstars, how to manage that situation. And now he has Embiid playing MVP-level basketball. He has Ben Simmons, you know, who's basically going to be the defensive player of the year, in my opinion, unless Gobert cheats his way into it. And, uh, you know... Gobert's not win. No one's voting for Gobert I, after last year. I don't know how it works with these votes. Um, but They're not, Ben Simmons. Gobert's, got, Gobert's not winning another award for like three three to five years. There's got to be some have sort forgotten. of buffer. I, I thought, yeah, I, they kind of have. have. I thought that people would always remember that, but they've kind of thrown it away. Yeah, and they talk yeah. about, like the other day, someone was talking about Gobert to be, and I was like, do you not remember <laughs> what he did? Uh, <laughs> He's canceled. Yeah, how, how could you? Yeah, come on. Uh, no, but uh, in general, uh, the Sixers, you know, they, they took the best of, of that rivalry. And I, they took Dwight Howard who I think is one of the best rim protectors off the bench in basketball. They also take Danny Green, my guy who is, you know, much maligned by the Lakers fans, even though he had a pretty solid playoffs run and definitely played pretty well in the finals. But regardless, Lakers fans wanted to get him out of there, get him out of my face. So Dwight and Danny go to the Sixers. Um, They've been great pieces. Dwight's been hurt for, you know, the past couple of weeks. But when they are healthy – uh, with Tobias Harris, with Joel Embiid, and with Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. they are great for basketball, Titus, because you mentioned Daryl Morey told the world that three is more than two. Doc Rivers is showing the world that penetration is what wins basketball games. Mm. And uh, the way that the Sixers play basketball, they attack the mid post with Toby, Tobias Harris. They attack the low post with Joel Embiid, and they attack the high, spo- high post with Ben Simmons. And it's almost unstoppable when those three guys are healthy. And they also have the guys like Seth Curry who can space the floor and give them the room that they need to have those guys operate out of the post. And they're all three really good passers out of the post. Um, so the Sixers, to me, are a very fascinating team. They're a very interesting team. And, you know, I am a, I am a guy who believes tall teams win titles. And if you look at uh, Embiid and that front line with Dwight Howard and Embiid, that's going to be hard for Brooklyn to match up with. That's going to be hard for the mm-hmm. Lakers to match up with because you know this and I know this. When push comes to shove, the Nets want to put KD at the five and the Lakers are going to put AD, Anthony Davis, at the five. Yep. They can't guard Joel Embiid. Nobody can. Nobody really, can. Yeah, I mean, especially. Yeah. Th- but you know who really? You know who's the most fascinating? Obviously, Jokic is the one you know, with the Nuggets who will match up the best with him. Probably going to be the MVP. But the one that I really like out of the Western Conference is not Andre Drummond, as the Lakers fans want me to say, but it's DeAndre Ayton. I love the idea of a young DeAndre Ayton having to be thrown to the fire against Joel Embiid and have to take it. You know what I mean? Like that would be an amazing finals, yes. by the way. Like Sun the, the, Sixers, the in- yes. The NBA would hate it, I think. Of course, but I would love it. It would I never would happen it. I would in, in the WWF. Yeah, it's gonna this. be yeah. it's gonna be Nets Lakers. Obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, the we we all see it coming. <laughs> but I mean, I've watched enough NBA in my life to know what's coming. That's uh, so like when they were going to the bubble last year. I remember when we were doing podcasts. They, like they're like, yeah, the NBA's coming back. They're doing a bubble, and I was like, oh, so the Lakers are winning. Like that's what I said immediately. Yes. And and that's what everyone said. Literally, yeah, every, like, every single person just, said this would never happen unless the Lakers this, had a win the only title. reason this is happening is because LeBron's older, yes. and like he only has so many years to win titles mm-hmm. that they're they're bringing it back. As the rest of the world is like, I can't even like hug my mother because I think that like COVID, like Adam Silver's like, screw it, we gotta get play. LeBron a title, <laughs> legacy play. <laughs> and, uh, 
and on the heels of Kobe dying. You know what I mean? I know, like yeah. Kobe died, and that whole like the moment Kobe oh. died, it was like, yeah, the Lakers are going to win the title for Kobe. Exactly. Then the season gets cut short, and they bring it back for LeBron. It was like, of course the Lakers, and everyone, uh, and then the, the 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 Lakers win. And I remember tweeting something like, it, the, the, of course, this is obvious. This was always obvious that the Lakers mm-hmm. are going to win this. And people were like, are you saying it's rigged? And I'm saying, <laughs> I. Maybe I'm, I don't know. I'm not. I'm, I don't know if it's rigged. I don't know if it's coincidence, Tate. I just know that things happen in the NBA that you yeah. see coming a million miles away. All I'm saying <laughs> is that pull up the Aisha tweet because uh, that's what I knew. <laughs> yes. That's what I knew. As a Steph Curry believer and a Steph Curry lover, uh, when that happened, I, I I felt the same way. And uh, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> but for the record, I'm not saying it's rigged. I don't. Yeah. I'm saying mm. that it, there are just certain patterns that you can uh, you can see coming from a mile away. Yeah. And uh, that seems to be one of them is Lakers Nets. But I would love to be surprised. I would love for Adam Silver to be like, not so fast, you stupid bitch. Here's, I, <laughs> here's, uh, I rigged it to be Jazz Bucks. <laughs> I, my my biggest hope is that uh, like that they do have it rigged or they want it to be that, and that you know a team like the Sixers with the Doc Rivers that beat the. I want a team to beat a rigged team by beating them with basketball fundamentals where it's like they can't yeah. win. You know what I mean? Where like the Sixers have out rebounded the Nets so badly that they're not even in the games, you know, where it's just like, we obviously can tell who the better team is, who is executing better. And uh, the, the the biggest question for the two favorites, the Nets and the Lakers is continuity because uh, so there's two there's two things that they can kill this year if you're the Nets or the Lakers and mainly the Nets. Let's not even throw the Lakers out. If you're the Nets, you're trying to kill two things. One is defense wins championships. You're trying to yes. kill that myth. And and so yes. if the Nets win a championship, that that is no longer that is no longer a standing belief in the NBA. You don't need defense. You need the best three offensive players and you'll win a title. So if they win a title, they get rid of that. Also, they get rid of the idea that you need a true traditional big. You know, and I know a lot of people will say the Warriors already did that, but they had Andrew Bogut. And, you know, I and I know that people may laugh at that, but Andrew Bogut was very important to that team. And uh, I, I still I have, you know, a soft spot for that original five lineup there. But if they win without a true big and it's DeAndre Jordan basically doing, you know, foul duty on Joel Embiid and KD mm-hmm. is the true five. I mean, that is a very seminal moment in basketball. And I will say, Kyrie, KD, and James Harden are unique enough to change it. And that is what I think I find the most fascinating as far as storyline with the Nets and also just the, the general arc of basketball. Because it could fundamentally change based on how the playoffs and how these teams kind of play out. Because that is what that is what KD is the Joker. You know what I mean? I know we all call Jokers the Joker, but like he wants chaos. Like, he's so good. No, I'm serious. Like, he's so good at basketball, he wants chaos. Like, he, he, wants, he, wants, he wants, like, Bill Simmons' head to explode. You know, he wants, like, <laughs> Jackie McMullen to not understand what he's doing. Like, he wants to break basketball. The whole team does. That, yeah. that is the Brooklyn Nets. That is the general. Brooklyn that's Nets. Kyrie. That's, that's who they are. That's Harden, all of them. <laughs> yes. That's what. That's their time. Steve Nash is their head coach, for God's sake. I mean, for example, Stephen Curry, has he went on an 11-game run where he scored 30 points or more in 11 straight games. Everyone's fawning over him. People are saying he's going to be the MVP and Titus they show the graphic he's at number 11 you know I'm climbing up above him Kobe's at 16 and I think that's where it's going to stop and then I look up one more and it's James Harden at 32 who has doubled Kobe Bryant (laughs) he had 32 straight games of 30 points you know what I mean like that is ridiculous and it's like not it's like Russell Westbrook's in that same realm where it's like you can't even talk about it because it 
it it kind of breaks basketball. Like it's not even. Well, that's my that's what I, yeah. that's my uh, I, I need a name for it. That's my like Wilt Chamberlain observation. Yes. That like you you Wilt Chamberlain scored so many points <laughs> and had so many rebounds that it it does you just disregard it. You see the yeah. st- you see the records and you and you frame it as like other than Wilt Chamberlain, <laughs> yeah. this is the most points and rebounds you ever see. You just throw Wilt out of the way and you're like, yeah. well, that doesn't make any sense. Put Wilt back on the list and and suddenly, you know, it's over because he averaged so, twenty eight rebounds Shaq, a game. Yeah. Yeah, suddenly Shaq's like 2001 NBA Finals isn't that impressive when you realize like Wilt averaged 50 and like 30 for his- <laughs> uh, Let's take a break. We'll come back and figure out some other thoughts and what else we want to talk about. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Discover. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically, with no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. And we're also brought to you by our friends at Grove Collaborative. Running to the store has been pretty stressful lately, and there's nothing worse than forgetting something on your list and needing to make multiple trips. Shopping for home essentials should be easy and convenient. That's where Grove Collaborative comes in. Grove is the online marketplace that delivers healthy home, beauty, and personal care products directly to you. Grove Collaborative takes the guesswork out of going green. Browse the site for thousands of home, beauty, and personal care products, all guaranteed to be good for you, your family, your home, and most importantly, because it's Earth Day, the planet. With Grove, you don't have to shop multiple stores or search endlessly online to get all the natural goods you need for you and your family. Join over 2 million households who have trusted Grove Collaborative to make their homes happier and healthier. Plus, shipping is fast and free on your first order. Making the switch to natural products has never been easier. For a limited time, when my listeners go to grove.co slash Titus, you will get to choose a free gift with your first order of $30 or more, but you have to use our special code. Again, go to grove.co slash Titus to get your exclusive offer. That's grove.co slash Titus back to Titus and Tate all right so to put a bow on kind of what we were hitting before we took the break Tate uh if if I had to ask you the the non-super team and I'm defining the super teams and you, and you can disagree if you want as the Nets the Clippers and the Lakers and the Nets and the, the Lakers seem to be more super but the Clippers I haven't counted I haven't I haven't uh sworn off the Clippers yet I know they 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 were very powerful uh, on my fraud power rankings in the bubble last year, and for good reason, and way off P. I, I, I don't, I, I'm not ready to dismiss the Clippers. I, I think you're 100 percent right. In fact, the Clippers as a team, Mark Titus, shoot 42 percent from three. I'll say that again. As a team, they shoot 42 percent from three, and and I've seen that's crazy. Probably that, that's yeah. Baylor. Who's <laughs> yeah. Baylor? Who's the Baylor? And, and, and like I, you know, we're on the West Coast, so I'll watch a lot of Clippers games, you know, out here just by proxy. And Luke Kennard has had at least two games that I've watched, and I have, I didn't even look this up, but I know I've watched two games in particular where he's made four more threes and it shot a hundred percent. And and one time it was six, and the other time it was five. And he was 100% from the field and 100% from three. And Luke Kennard, I know people laugh when they made that trade, but I thought that was a really good pickup for them. I thought it was someone that they really needed. And also the biggest thing that the Clippers did Uh was they got a real – floor general because Kawhi's been playing point forward and Paul George has been playing point forward and at the end of the day Paul George is good when we tell him to do one thing go score Paul like don't worry about having Mm -hmm. eight assists don't worry about facilitating don't worry about running plays just go get buckets don't worry about 
Don't worry about what people are saying yeah, on Twitter about it. Please you. don't worry just, about that. <laughs> that. That might have been Ty Lue's like word of advice to him. Just like get off, like log off, <laughs> log off, log off. Paul, log off. Paul, yeah. give me your phone. Yeah, we're gonna log win off. now. Uh, Paul George has been pl- speaking of Paul George. He's been playing absolutely. He's averaging like thirty-eight points per game over his last ten games. He's been incredible. Uh, Kawhi is, yep. I think, the, one of the best closers in basketball, if not the best. So. If you have him, you have a real chance. And now they have Rondo, who can be their floor general, who can set things up. And Rondo knows the secrets of the Lakers. Because at the end of the day, the reason that the Lakers were so diabolical was because Rondo took over the role of being the point guard from LeBron and let LeBron go be LeBron. And that's what he's that's what he's going to do for you know Kawhi and Paul George. How nice would it be to be Rondo, Montrezl Harrell? Yeah. Uh, who, who else would like that? You're on one of the LA teams. You go to the other. You get, you, you don't have to move yeah. houses. You don't have yeah. to move anything. You get to like shake it up a little bit, but you I don't will, have to change your life at all. You get to stay. Yeah, Montrez has a lot of pressure on him going um, from uh, the Clippers to the Lakers because like if the Lakers don't win this yeah. year, then like the all the Schroeder too, like all the guys that they brought over, like as the new guys that they like revamped, they're all going to be cut. Wesley Morris, like uh, yeah. yeah, they're all gone. <laughs> Uh, so but back to yeah. what I was originally going to ask you is, uh, so excluding those three as the super teams, do you want to throw no, another I think one those in there? The That's it. Those are the three. Those are three. Um, who, who in your mind is the best to like, who's, who's the team to, to win the title? Who, who is the, the, the best mm. contender to break up the super team party? Is it the Sixers? Is it I, the Jazz? I is think it it's, I, I will say, I'll say a caveat. It was the Nuggets. Before Jamal Murray got yeah, before, before Jamal, Jamal Murray, Murray got yeah. hurt, I would have like I would have gone out on a limb and said, Mark Titus, I think that the Nuggets had the best player in basketball, Nikola Jokic, who I think should be the MVP. Uh, it, I think it'll be Jokic or Embiid, and I'm fine with either one because I love the bigs, and the bigs are back. Uh, So the Nuggets would have been my pick, but Murray goes down, even though Michael Porter Jr. has been amazing. So I I don't know. The the Nuggets are fascinating. Aaron Gordon was a great trade for them. I think they have a guy who can guard Kawhi and guard LeBron now. Um, But my answer would be the Sixers. I think the Sixers are built to win a title. Yeah, I I really do. I, I, I would agree with that, actually. I think I'd agree. Like the the Jazz and Sun, I want the Jazz for the. Re- I, I yeah. want to go on record right now and say I'm cheering for the Utah Jazz to win the NBA championship. Um, I'm gonna go on the record and say I'm pulling for the Phoenix Suns, and I don't think it's gonna happen. What? So so yeah. What? That's a that's a great conversation piece. We're talking about things may or may not be rigged. Things may or may not be coincidences in this league. If you are Adam Silver and you can you can uh, nudge things. I, I would, you know, I would say it's more of like a foot wedge when you're playing yeah. golf, you know, you're not, you're not like picking the ball up and putting it in your pocket and then dropping it in the hole. When well, you're just kind of, you're like, yeah, there's, there's yeah, your balls up against a tree well, and you're there? like, you're I, just, I got a yeah. yard, you know, winter rules. That's what we used to always <laughs> say. Like we're playing the winter. We're like winter rules. You know, you can move it a little bit, you know, it's uh that foot foot wedge is not that bad. Uh, the, this, the, the next level beyond the foot wedge is the, you hit it out of bounds and you're driving your car around mm. trying to find it. And then as, as all your friends are watching you drive it around, you wait till their head's not looking, <laughs> you drop a ball, you keep driving well, around <laughs> to really sell it. And then you're like, Oh, there. <laughs> That's um, so if you, if you're Adam Silver and you you wanted to foot wedge this, uh, this, playoff run the the end of the season all that sort of thing what are some things you're making i mean if you're adam silver and uh again this is not what i would want if you're adam silver or not what i would want as myself but if you're adam silver there's no world in which you're not pushing the lakers to a repeat and you're not pushing the nets to the finals 
the Lakers, I mean, there's, there's just fine. no world yeah. in which. Yeah. But I no. will say the one caveat I do have, and it's not even because of Adam Silver, but if David Stern had one lasting thing, because David Stern, you know, like to tie up all the loose ends in his life. If he had one loose end to tie up, it's that Chris Paul should have won a championship. And the Phoenix Suns are a very storied franchise. And for a lot of people that don't may not know this, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Lou Alcindor at the time in 1969, there was a coin flip between the Suns and the Bucks for the number one pick. And the Bucks obviously got it. Jerry Colangelo claims that he called tells and that it landed tells, and then they that David Stern picked it up and flipped it over, and it was heads, and it went to the Bucks. So he's always been very upset. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a discrepancy yeah, it, about like, yeah. is it on the catch or is it, it was the catch the, and so flip? So he thought that he won, so he celebrated, and then they picked it up and flipped it, <laughs> and then they flipped yeah. it on. Yes. The <laughs> That's what happened. And that, and that and that's, David Stern is a he, yeah, what a gangster and, dude. What and, David and Stern that's is how, a man. That's how the Suns lost out on uh, Lou Alcindor, and they ended up getting Walter Davis, Hubert Davis's uncle. Walter Davis, I mean, Sweet D, one of the greatest players, you know, in basketball. Um, but they lose out on that. They don't win any championships. Jerry Colangelo ends up being in charge of you know USA basketball, brings it back with Coach K and everything. But again, his Phoenix Suns, his team, his franchise never won a championship. He does own the he did own the Diamondbacks as well. The Diamondbacks won one, but he always wanted the Suns to win one. So I do think there is a chance, like the old guard NBA Illuminati, uh, gets together and says the Suns need to win one for Chris Paul. The Suns, I, I like that. I like uh, that that's, theory. I, I that would be good. I that, that would actually be and great. And Devin like, Booker Suns, is like a, a star Suns. now you can invest in. He's kind of like Kobe Bryant. You know, he's got Kobe Mamba mentality I'm, type thing going for him. So I'm going to disagree with what you said earlier that the best thing that what Adam Silver wants and what would be best for the league, uh, even though it's not what we want, is Lakers Nets. I I actually think what would be best for the NBA long term moving forward is that that doesn't mm. happen and that like the casual fan, the 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 me's of the world who like the NBA enough and love professional basketball, but just get frustrated with like how inevitable all this stuff seems every year. Uh, you, you shake that up mm. and it's not Lakers nets. And you're like, Oh my God, did the nuggets just beat the Lakers in the, in the playoffs? Is it over? Like LeBron now has LeBron just lost in yeah. the second round. And like, Oh my, I didn't even know that was possible. Cause I'm a guy who I'm, I'm disillusioned. I really am Tate. I've gotten to the point where, as I said, I, I, I've watched enough NBA basketball in my life to know that certain things happen. I watched the Lakers and the Kings series yeah. back yeah. in the day. I watched You know, like I watched just the foot wedges, foot wedge after foot wedge, <laughs> after foot wedge, after foot wedge that you kind of see things coming. And I think that, yeah, if the Suns get a foot wedge, and and the Sixers, it's Suns Bucks in the mm -hmm. finals. It doesn't even have to be that. I think I think the Lakers or Nets, one of them makes yeah. the finals, and then the other one is the surprise. I think that is enough for for guys like me to be like, oh, okay, so the Jazz could mm -hmm. could do this. Like this is this mm -hmm. is possible because uh, and then and then once they get to the finals, they get split. <laughs> and then I'm then I'm back to square one. I will. I mean, it is um, fascinating though because you do have the Nuggets and the Lakers match up in the first round, and like the, that should be the the Western Conference Finals. And right now, that would be the four five matchup. So uh, that it, yeah, like the Nuggets yeah. win that. That is awesome mm -hmm. for the NBA. That actually, it's not great for like the LeBron crowd. It's not great for the that little sect of the NBA where it's like the only teams that matter are New York and or, or East Coast and LA yep. basically. And then every so often, we're a sorry, team Kerry in Texas champion. We care about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it won't be great for those people, but for like the rest of America mm -hmm. that is tuning out the NBA more and more because it's like, I mean, I'm I'm a Minnesota Timberwolves fan. Yep. Like, what what hope do I have? 
I mean, for God's sakes, like I'm at a certain point, um, I had, I'd have to be insane to talk myself into us being a winner at any point. Yeah. So it's like you start tuning out, but then you see the Utah Jazz are winners. The, it's the Utah Jazz, Milwaukee Bucks. Well, suddenly I'm like, hey, maybe, maybe someday the Kings are the the Timberwolves. Uh, you team. asked Adam Silver. I got one more to throw out. They just started NBA Africa, and uh, there's a big push there. They're trying to get a bunch of coaches to go over there and teach these players and try to, you know, bring that continent. Reach, reach, reach these, these kids. kids. They're trying to reach these kids. And mm-hmm. uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, a two-time MVP, going and winning for the Milwaukee Bucks, a small franchise in a state that has dealt with a lot of the, uh, you know, the the protesting and the shooting and some of the worst things. Kenosha being the one mm-hmm. that we all remember from the bubble. The fa- if Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks were able to go and win a championship, I feel like the NBA could really because then Giannis is international Jordan. You know what I mean? Like he is like yeah. he is the world's Jordan, and every single kid in Africa, you know, in Greece, like in Barcelona, wherever it is, they think I want to be the next Giannis Antetokounmpo, and I can be. And if I'm not going to be Giannis, hey, maybe I'll be Luka Doncic or Nikola Jokic, and they go full international basketball. So there's a chance that happens as well. Yeah, I, 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 that's what I want. I want. I want. Uh, th- there are ways you could build up other teams. Like there are other interesting yes. storylines other than yes, Nets, Lakers. I, I, but it, it's one of those things where like you wish you could be in the writers' room. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I feel like I'm watching WWE and Vince McMahon has given John Cena yeah. another heavyweight but title. No. I'm like, God damn yes. it, Vince! Like, do you realize? <laughs> Do you realize, like, the talented guys on the roster? Like, please, please, for the love of God, someone other than Roman Reigns, Vince, please. I'm begging you. And all he says is more. More. Uh, more. Uh, what What else is there? I mean, we've talked about some of the good. The bad, I guess, would be interesting. Let's fill, let's fill in people on the bad. Maybe we can uh, wrap it up with that, I guess. I don't know what else What else we really need to hit. Like, what? who, who is worse than... Um, the maybe people think I said I, I, I we talked earlier who who is better than people might realize the Jazz yeah. the Suns I want to throw Anthony Edwards in yeah, the better yeah, by yeah, the way yeah, yeah. I I think that's worth bringing For up sure. Anthony Edwards has been awesome and we uh, we being me I killed him before the draft because the interviews were coming out of him like. <laughs> I don't really love this. I don't. Basketball is like you know, like he was. But it turns out he's he just like a funny kid. Vibes. You know what I mean? He's yeah, just a funny yeah. kid. He just yeah. says funny. He things. likes to just yeah. Like yeah. everyone so he, that's played like sports growing up, like you knew a kid like Anthony Edwards, and I think that's why we all love him yeah. so much because like he's just Dude, so he, he was asked a Rod. A Rod's buying the team, and he was asked about that. He's like, who? So you were a fan of A Rod, a fan. How, how you mean a fan? Like he, he a singer or what? And then so it came good. out that he said that he played baseball growing up, and that yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, I don't pay attention to baseball, but also I could throw. He, he I saw he said recently I could throw a hundred mile yeah. an hour fastball. If he you said, give, give me like a month. month he practice. said it's different. Give him a and, month. But also, I, I've never played baseball, and I don't pay attention. I have no idea who A-Rod is, but yeah. also, I, I played baseball, I think, and I'm I think he knew he's, who he's A-Rod so was, and he was cool like us and was like, I don't, I don't want I don't want to deal with A-Rod. You know what I mean? He, yeah. When you see A-Rod, A-Rod, A-Rod slap, a, slap that ball out of that glove, yeah, I mean, there's no way over. that you could ever, cool. ever vouch for him ever again. Sorry, big cat. You yeah, can't you come can't. back from and that. And I'm a Yankee yeah. fan, you know what I mean? And I, could, I can't come back from that. But, like, even that moment in time, not going to be good for me. Uh yeah, it's, that that was bad. Anyway, but this but he's good. Uh, so I I want to throw Anthony Please. Edwards on the uh, he's he's better than people would would think if you're a casual fan. Lamelo Ball's um, also on that list. Uh, throw him yeah, on the he's list. been great. The Hornets, the Hornets in, in general. general. I can't believe we made it this far though. You yeah, talking about the Hornets? I mean, the Hornets to me they've been really hurt. They've been kind of just trying to uh, you know, make it to the playoffs. They got all the way up to that four seed spot, like I talked about in the Eastern Conference. Every team's kind of battling for that. Um, I love Devontae Graham, but it is not. 
you know, his team anymore because it's LaMelo Ball's team. But Devontae has done some great, you know, stopgap duty. We got scary Terry Hours, Terry, Ro- Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward, who we fleeced from the uh, the, the floundering Boston Celtics. Um, it's great to have uh, two two good players that love to be in Charlotte, that want to be in Charlotte, that are having a good time. Bismack Biombo, my guy. Uh, you know, we're going to have to figure out his situation, but I love having him out on the floor. Cody Zeller, who we've had on the show before, uh, he's had, you know, some injuries and stuff, but he's fighting his way back on the floor. In general, they're just a fun team, and uh, Michael Jordan's at games, and Malik Monk has had some amazing games this year, like some random 37-point games, you know. Uh, the Hornets are just fun. Malik Monk's yeah. still kicking. That's a good – we should do like a, a Malik He's still Monk going. Like, he's, he's still, still going. Alive. He's still going. He's still ticking. That he's man still scored 47 there. points um, against Carolina. I'll never forget it. Yeah, I was there. I was the at game. that game. Yes. <laughs> I was at that game. And boy, what a game it was. Thank God they Las won Vegas. that game. I'll never forget they my, would have, Oh, man. Coach Titus yeah, was right. with me. That's right. Wow. Yeah, Coach Titus was with me. We uh, yeah, we. yeah That's the most points any player's ever scored against North Carolina. You saw it. So that 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 well, solidifies yeah, the Titus curse, I think. <laughs> that was brutal to be at because uh, we Ohio State played That's Lonzo right. is the Lonzo UCLA team the first game and we we played them pretty well if I remember right like better than I thought we would but we we ended up losing and uh, I, I I came away from that like blown away at how good mm-hmm. Lonzo was and TJ Leaf yeah. was on that team that was too, a fun and, UCLA uh, team I was like damn UCLA was so yeah. good that year they were so they're they're forgotten about because they got thrown in the same regional in with Kentucky and like. Yeah. In Carolina, they were all three, yeah. all three of those, yeah. and Butler. Yeah. That was the four. Ohio State's coach, who wasn't, a, yeah, it was, you know, he yeah. wasn't Ohio State's coach at the time. Thad was the coach, but you know, what I mean? it was the three CBS Classic plus the guy who ended up being Ohio State's coach. Um, anyway, I, I remember being there, thinking like, okay, so you see, I come away from the UCLA game thinking they're amazing, and then that Kentucky Carolina game is one of the greatest college basketball games I've ever mm-hmm. seen in person. And I was like, oh my God, like these three teams are so much better. Like we suck. <laughs> I remember being so dejected because like, I remember thinking it was like bad for the Ohio State basketball brand moving to like forward. play in that tournament, like, to yeah, play in yeah. that tournament. They're, we're going to be the redheaded stepchild moving forward in this. Now thing. you're but, one of the best teams in it. We've, we're back. Now we're one of the best. Now we're back. So uh, where were we? I was talking about, uh, we're, so those, those are the guys who are better than who's we think. Who's the bad? Um, I, I, who, who's the bad? Who's like the, the teams, the players, the whatever that, uh, you know, people that aren't locked in on NBA would assume that this team is good because they've been good. So I'm sure they're good this year. Or this player mm-hmm. has always been. We can always count on this player to be an all star. So I'm sure yep. he's killing it. Um, what, what well, I'm just say the you? Houston Rockets, right? The Houston Rockets have been a franchise yeah. that have always been, you know, at least you know from what I can remember growing up. I mean, you know, it was like Akeem Olajuwon winning championships, and then there was like the T Mac Yao Ming. You know, they've always been relevant and around. They're the worst team in basketball. They won 15 games this year. John. Yeah, John Wall, uh, I, I know we all love John Wall, but he has gone from being like, you know, the franchise player in Washington to being like forgotten about on Houston. Uh, it's so bad in Houston that like guys were like Victor Oladipo basically was like, I will not play here. Get me out of here. Um, he got traded to Miami. So like that whole situation with Houston is just an absolute nightmare. Uh, the Sacramento... The yeah, the situation's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. uh, I feel bad for Steven Silas, by the way, who's a, who's a great dude and had to just, like, he walked into a situation where James Harden was like, I'm not playing here anymore, which is, that's the NBA yeah. that we're living in, uh, unfortunately. Um, and also from James Harden's side of it, he's like, management, they just let Daryl Morey leave. They don't want to win anymore, so I don't want to be here. So it's like both sides mm-hmm. of the equation, you understand that. Uh, yeah, I got to hear both sides. sides. Uh, New Orleans, the Pelicans, I do think that, uh, if you aren't really keeping up, you would assume that they're in the playoff hunt or in like in the playoffs, and they're not. 
They're technically I guess they're in, the in the hunt, hunt. but yeah, not well, really. Yeah. They're like three and a half. Yeah, we, we, we should say there's the play in tournament right. this year. That is right. We're, we're we gotta, playing for the 10 seed we mention the that. seed, which is a little bit different. So they're they're trying to get up. The, the Spurs are, like you said, three games in front of them. But I do think Zion has been amazing. Um, and if you haven't watched Zion, you should. And I say that sincerely. I'm not joking around. Zion's a lot of fun to watch. He has uh, probably the, the quickest second jump. I mean, we talked about this when he was in college. But, mm. I mean, the dude misses – him and yeah, Marvin Bagley, great they, second they do. jumpers. Yeah. Something about Duke. Cassius Stanley's up there. Too, I like first jumpers. Uh, but <laughs> hang the banner, hang the banner, and Cameron, the second jumper. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jordan's first step, Zion's second jump. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in general, I think you should watch the Pelicans if you haven't. Uh, the Kings are also a fun team to watch. De'Aaron Fox, Harrison Barnes, um, Kyle Guy, our guy, Kyle Guy is on the uh, you know on the Kings. Uh, Ty Jerome, another friend of the program, playing for the OKC Thunder. Um, he's a guy to watch. Uh, but they're just bad teams. I'm giving you bad teams, but players to watch. The, the, you're giving yeah, me all the yeah. bad teams, but I'm saying like let, let, back to the uh, the point of like who who people like the Rockets mm-hmm. are a good one. The Rockets, I think, if you haven't been following NBA and you learn that the Rockets are the worst team in the league, you maybe might Toronto. Be Toronto's probably the team to, in the East. Toronto's the yeah. one I had on my list. Toronto's the one I had on my list. Toronto is is uh, was good mm-hmm. last year. They lose to the Celtics. That was in mm-hmm. seven games, right? Yeah, seven, seven games. games. It almost yeah. was a sweep, though. Remember, because we got the uh, the five tenths of a second OG Ananobi to save us from the sweep, and then it That's goes right. to seven. That's right. They almost and yeah. then they go to seven. Um, yeah, and the Raptors won the title two years ago, as we remember. Uh, they they are very much a formidable. Uh, they they feel like a franchise that's going to be around for a long time. They feel they they really have felt like this recent iteration of the Raptors feels like the the Spurs of the mm-hmm. the East Coast, the Eastern Conference Spurs, just in the sense of like whether they're good or not, it doesn't matter because we're giving them the, the benefit of the doubt that they'll figure it out. There's there's a yep. culture there. There there's there's you know whatever. Um, they they have not figured out this year in large part because they're playing yes. in Tampa. Yeah, I was going to say that. We point that out. They're the Tampa they're, Bay Raptors. We keep saying Toronto. They're, they're just the Raptors yeah. now. They're the Tampa Bay Raptors. And Fred Van Vliet is. I, I saw he did an interview this week where he said he, this is the most unpure season of basketball of his life, and he's just like he he's turned off by just like how business oriented it all is that he's got to play in Tampa for a team based out of Toronto, and um, they're not like it's it's just purely a, a, a business because it is that's mm-hmm. what the NBA is but uh yeah the Raptors are are not a good basketball team this year but they could be next yeah. year like that's the thing is like it, who knows how much of it is just circumstance versus well they're they're trying you know. to figure out Masai Ujiri who you know is one of the best front office guys in all of basketball they're trying to get him signed to an extension there was always a lot of rumors that he was trying to finagle his you know way to New York to be with the Knicks that's obviously not an option anymore because New York is taken care of with what they're doing there. So that's not going to be on the door, but there's probably some other teams that are calling. So there's a lot going on in Toronto and Tampa Bay and with the Raptors franchise. And they're one of the probably more outspoken franchises when it comes to things like this is BS. So I could see, you know what I mean? Like it's understandable. And I, and I yeah, honestly yeah. think their fans are on their side with all of it. Cause they're like, why is Toronto playing in Tampa Bay? That makes no sense to us. They're still they're still technically yeah. in the hunt. They're a half game back yep. of the ten seed of the Wizards, uh, which again there's there's the play in thing, which isn't really a tournament, by the way. Do, are you do you know the format? I I refresh my memory today, and it it actually is simpler than I thought. It's the, plays the ten the nine seed, seed plays yeah, plays yeah. the nine seed. The loser's out. The seven seed plays the eight seed. The winner of that game gets the mm-hmm. seven seed. The loser of that game then has to play the winner of the nine ten game, and that the winner of that game gets yeah. the eight seed. 
That's what it is. Which is so, interesting. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it, I, I, I'm a fan. I, 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 yeah. that's, a, that's that's less than a month. I away, saw Luca. Like, yeah, it's all the Mavs. You know, they are very upset about this playing tournament. They're like, and I think that they have a valid point too. Because look, we got to see both sides. They say. Look, I'm down for the play-in tournament. Does it have to be the year where we condense all the games and we're already playing 72 yeah, games? And like, do, well, why are we yeah. implementing this now? And then it comes back to Fred but Van Vliet saying it's a business, so that's why. Yeah, yeah, but also the Mavs are a half game back at the the Trailblazers for the sixth spot, and if they end up getting they'll be okay spot, with it. I imagine they'll shrug yeah. their shoulders and be yeah. like, "Yeah, who cares?" We don't. We do. actually, as it turns out, all this stuff yeah, we, we said about care. the play-in, we actually don't care anymore. We don't care anymore. <laughs> um. So the Raptors are probably a pretty good answer. The Rockets yeah. are a good answer. Uh, what about Miami? That's pretty surprising. Yeah, I isn't think it? so. I mean, Jimmy Butler was out uh, for an extended period of time to start the year. I will say that goes back to load managing. I feel like Miami learned last year in the playoffs in the bubble that who cares if we're the four or the five seed, we can still go to the NBA Finals. So they're also like they played yeah, all the way they, up until they I had like seventy two days August? off. It was October. Yeah. <laughs> We we they finished the NBA yeah, season I'm pretty in October. Sure it went into like their start of October, dude. I really had no concept of time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I might be. Uh, I'm. Yeah. No, you're right. Because August is when they yeah, started. July. The bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Duh, yeah, yeah. dude. 2020 NBA Finals. Just look I, at the I, dates, boy. Man. I mean, we say it as like a as a as a. It's a cliche at this point that Corona like just completely obliterated any sense of time. But I didn't. It was October 11th was the yeah. final day of the finals. Yeah. It was game six. My God, dude. <laughs> I dude, really... It'll get you. <laughs> Talk about time running, blending together. Yikes. So there you go. There you have it. October, they have 72 days off, and then they're they're back to playing. So but I yeah, get... The, the heat. Duncan's, Duncan's yeah, doing he's... all right, right? It's his birthday today, by the way. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Duncan. Duncan. And that, you know, I'll say this. He's doing amazing because it's his birthday. He's playing great basketball. In general, they're doing, doing great. great. Yeah. Kid. And uh, the Celtics were the other team that were really the story in the East because uh, they were just, you know, falling yeah. off. But they've gotten it back together. They're, they're yeah. back to the sixth seed. Uh, the Hornets are a fun story. The Pacers are right there. Uh, I've seen a lot of people saying the Pacers should blow it up. I don't know why. I love Sabonis. Uh, I don't know. I, you're 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 the Pacers fan because the Pacers, dude. I'll tell you because it's it's the same old. I mean, T.J. Warren not being healthy yes. is the bubble. Victor God. Oladipo broke yeah. broke our hearts. What's the story with Oladipo? Is he did, did he want out or not? Because you hear both sides. You hear. I know Tommy Alter's a big Victor Oladipo guy, so he's trying to like PR it to me. And he's like, Nah, it wasn't that. They it, it was it. And I was like, I don't know because the story I'm hearing is that Victor Oladipo said to hell with Indiana, which is very Brad well, You remember Stevens-esque. the story from the bubble? So just twist you, the knife, and we're like, you, you were one of us, Vic. You remember what the, the story hell? from the bubble where he was allegedly <laughs> talking to other players about like trying to team up in the bubble? Yeah. I mean, yeah. and I think. Yeah. That stemmed from him knowing that the organization was trying to move on from him. So, again, it's a both-sides situation. And at the end of the day, Oladipo's got to be healthy. You know, if Oladipo is not healthy, then he's a different player and he's a different role for your team. The Heat took a big – or not a big swing, in fact. I mean, they didn't trade much for him. But, like, they are betting on him, I should say, to be a part of their team when it comes down to the stretch run. And I'm not sure he is. So, we'll see. Yeah. I, I don't want to blow up the Pacers. I just want off of the the hamster wheel of, of doing just good enough to make the playoffs, not do anything in the playoffs, but be, but by virtue of making the playoffs, you now do not have a good yeah. draft pick. And that wheel just keeps turning over I like Karis LeVert. Being good enough to make the playoffs, but not, or, but not good enough to even kind of yeah. contend. And that's what the Pacers' existence is. And that's what they're going to do this year, it looks like. They're going to find a way into the playoff contention. They're not going to get a good draft pick, and we're going to be right back here my, next year. 
And that is yeah. My favorite Pacers. player on the Pacers is Brian Bowen, the guy that took down Rick Pitino. Can you can you believe that that he plays on the Pacers? <sighs> the easiest recruit of Rick Pitino's life. <laughs> like you know, like the guy that took down Rick Pitino is just yeah. on the Pacers now. Nobody even knows. You know, that's uh that's how it comes. You know what it's, I mean? That's how recruiting works. It, but you're like the biggest deal as a 17, 18 year old, and then they they don't care anymore. Um, yeah, should we pivot into our to our sport? Yeah, I think is that that's it? it? Yeah, yeah, we should pivot, wrap it up. I, we we hit everything. I think that's uh shout out to Nate Borkman, for, uh, the coach of the show. Pacers. Uh, for anybody at home that doesn't know that, um, I oh also shout out Nate McMillan, the coach of the Hawks. Probably nobody knows that either. So our our final two. Dude, names. he you want to talk about guys that are doing better than people might realize? Nate McMillan, they fired the Hawks fired their coach Boy, Pierce. Yep. halfway through the season. Yeah, and then McMillan takes over. They're winning ball games. Yeah, he um, got the yeah. He's like eighteen and seven. Yeah, I think and I saw. And they're the five the, seed right now. And he got a lot of the Mike Woodson treatment, where you know Atlanta fans are rolling yep. their eyes. Why is Nate McMillan taking over? LOL, this is going to be horrible. And guess what? They're a better basketball team because he's a great basketball coach. I thought he was doing great yeah, on the Pacers. By the go. way, there was like a lot of conversation about him getting an extension, and then he just got fired. You know, it made no sense. Yeah, you just got to shake it up sometimes. Yeah. I think. I think that's that, that that's the Pacers version of blowing it up. It's just like firing yeah. the coach. New just, voice. <laughs> yeah. Just gonna do Well, I know we believe in our team. Our guys play hard, okay? They 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 dive on the floor for mm. loose balls. The, the the effort from the players is not the problem. It's obviously the coach. Let's get a new coach. It's in not here. the players. <laughs> <laughs> we got a bunch of B B plus players and they can't get over the hump again in a league where you can only win if you have like three mm. A plus guys. I don't understand it. It's gotta be the coach's <laughs> fault. Get him out of here. Um all right, let's wrap it up with shout outs, closeouts, college basketball yes. edition or NBA. Who cares? It's, it's a, a hodgepodge. It's, it's, it's the whatever you want it to be. But but I, I do want to hit some of these college basketball Please. stories because they're pretty funny. Corey yeah. K- I'll, I'll start. Corey Kispert uh doing an interview with adam morrison both the, are both both of these guys are friends of the program At, technically. adam morrison came on our show by the way i want to point this out i told him he should do a podcast to rival jj reddick and he told us on the show he was already ideating the idea and then guess what he has a podcast and now it's already blowing up the internet boom and he's already making waves yes. with Corey kisper coming on saying that uh tony bennett told him that he wasn't good enough to play virginia which is the motivation behind Gonzaga beating the hell out of Virginia earlier this season when they played. It was, according to Corey Kispert, he was like, "I Tony told me it wasn't. And then other friend of the program, yeah. yes. Kyle Guy, says this yes. never happened. Yes. I don't believe it. And Virginia fans say, if Kyle Guy says it didn't it, it happen, never happened. Uh, a man who was definitely not there for the conversation <laughs> between two, uh, if this third party said it didn't happen, then it definitely did happen. And I just, I want to applaud Virginia fans for sticking by their man that much, where they're just like, there's no way that I, I trust Kyle. Mm. I trust Kyle's word over Corey Kispert's word. I, I want to applaud all the Virginia fans that call him CTB uh, as they tweet at me, because it took me a little yeah. while to be like, all right, Coach Tony Bennett, I get it. That's who you're talking about. Cinnamon yeah. toast bunch. <laughs> like what's going on to CTB? Yeah, I don't I was care. like, what's what kind of? I was like, what, what is, is this? What do you guys have? Uh, CTB. Um, but regardless, uh, congratulations to Corey Kispert for doing the best message of the haters of the off season we've it's, seen so far. I did love that. Um, it's 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 so good because like all, every, all who cares one, but two, the three parties involved are all just like they they just are the nicest yeah. get. Like they're all. Choir boys, Tony Bennett, mm-hmm. Corey Kispert, mm-hmm. Kyle Guy. They're all this like is the guys Glee Club that, in a fight. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Glee Club, and they're like all fighting each other. And like, <laughs> and we're all pulling for him. At the end of the day, all these it's guys all are kind of well liked yeah. in their own spheres. Because Gonzaga fans see this and they're like, well, 
Corey exactly. would never That's lie what, about this. And Virginia Corey fans is are like, the Kyle guy Tony of would never. Zaga fans. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and and Virginia fans are like, Tony would never say that. Yeah. And and now you have a stalemate where. And the best won. part about all of this is that Virginia fans are now coming to me saying uh, that Gonzaga actually is Duke, and uh, they, <laughs> they 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 want to jump on that bandwagon. Um, and I'm and I'm okay <laughs> yes. with that. I'm fine yes. with that. Uh, good for Kyle Guy for coming to to Venice coach. And uh, there was also I saw someone pulled up the recruiting story from when Kispert went to Virginia. And his quotes are pretty damning because he says that Coach Bennett basically like runs him through a three-on-three game, shows him tape of Kyle Guy and DeAndre Hunter, how he would use him like those guys. Like it's quotes from Corey Kispert. Oh, like it's him literally being like, yeah, it's, it's like he says like, Charlottesville reminds him of Seattle. He also says that like he felt yeah, like he was at home with Coach yeah. Bennett, and he all. I think what happened. I, I think both. Here, here's, here's the, the both sides. I think both they're sides. both right. Right. I'm going to give you both sides. Both sides are right. What Tony Bennett said was, we have uh, Ty Jerome. We have Kyle Guy. We have DeAndre Hunter. We are going to win three a national NBA championship. Yeah. Uh, Four three NBA Diakite. players. You are not – Diakite. Kihei Clark will Five. one day uh, – <laughs> uh, These guys are going to win an NBA title. You are you – are, uh, uh, if you come to Virginia, you're more than likely – going to play behind them. You're going to redshirt. As a reminder, Tate, DeAndre Hunter, when he got mm. to Virginia, was a redshirt. He, he, he redshirted his first year, a guy who ended up being a top-five pick. Um, so that that is the culture we have built here, Corey. We would love to have you. I do think that you could be a star for us, but uh, it's not going to happen right away. And Corey Kispert heard that and said, this guy says I can't play here, which is fair, too, because if I if I was Corey Kispert, I'd be like, listen, man, I'm, I'm very good at this. I could... Go to Gonzaga and I'll play right away because I, you know, I'm a local kid and I'm, I'm, they, they, they believe in me. Uh, so the, I think that's what it was. I think, that, I think both sides are right. That's yeah. what I have to believe. I, is that I think so sides. too, and I think it's one of those things where Kispert could take, you know, Tony saying to him, "Hey, dude, you know, you come here, sit, sit behind these guys for a year, two years, and you'll be the guy." Uh, and Corey Kispert's like, "You don't think I can play now?" Oh, so you don't think I can play at Virginia? Yeah. You can play, yeah, yeah. Are you saying I'm not a one and done? Yeah. What yeah, the hell? Exactly. Uh, what, what else is there? We so I have about. to shout our guy out, Mac McClung, a.k.a. Riff Raff's cousin. Uh, the news came out. He is taking his name out of the transfer. Shocking. Yes. This is uh, a little shocking. A little shocking. A lot of people thought that Mac McClung, myself included, was uh, basically a foregone conclusion to go join his former coach, Chris Beard, at Texas. Um Sources are saying maybe the end was closed for Mac McClung at Texas, um, and now Mac McClung is going to the NBA. You're saying Mac McClung almost pulled a Nozell Eastern, where he committed to Texas and, and Texas didn't want him. Yes, is that what you're saying? I, I don't even know if it, I think it was more that if he committed, they would take him, but the end was full. You know what I mean? Like they 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 would have found a manger <laughs> for Mac McClung because he is you know a goat, a young goat. Um, <laughs> but I think that they they basically said Mac, we're okay. We're, we're going to be okay without you, Mac. And Mac was wow. like, uh, that is, all right, well, I'm going to go to the that NBA. Is, that was a pleasant surprise that, that Mac uh, came back to Texas Tech. So that, that that's going to make the Texas Texas Tech game next year. I'm telling you, man, that is going to be the game of the year in college. But whether – I don't know if the, the play is going to be good. I, I don't know – I don't know anything. I just know it's going to be the game of the year yes. that I'm going to be locked in. That's the one it, game it, I'm going to circle. It sounds on my like it could be a fight, honestly. Texas at Lubbock. <laughs> yeah. When Texas goes to Lubbock, yeah. I am so excited for that. Uh, other transfer news: Jimmy Beheim transferring mm. to Syracuse. Jimmy B, old uh, the the Jim Beheim's son that he named after himself, but is kind of not the favorite child. Yes, Buddy is because you know Buddy is absolutely the favorite. Yes. 
the the older brother is getting a little jealous and said, uh, "I got to come back home and and win Daddy's love." So mm-hmm. there it is. And now so Jimmy Beheim. And now Syracuse has agreed to play Villanova in the Jimmy V Classic in MSG. So we're gonna have the Beheim brothers with Beheim coaching in MSG against Villanova. That is the most old Big East thing we could ask for. So uh, so good. I'm happy. Three Beheims. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Jimmy Beheim is going to. I I I want him to hit like a game winning shot and say it's the Jimmy B Classic now. And, <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy and, that like, and then he drops the mic and walks off. <laughs> oh, uh, that I, got I me. had two other notes. Uh, there's apparently there's apparently a new league that's going to destroy college basketball oh, yes. that was announced today. Yep. So congratulations to you guys on uh, being the first group of people. Isn't to it come called the, the Collegiate idea. Professional League? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the coll- Collegiate. Yeah, congratulations on being the first group of people to come up with the idea to pay players as an alternative to college this has never happened before ever yes. but this is so now that it's <laughs> happening by these people yeah. uh it is definitely going to end college I, basketball. I, know, I so. got a great text uh about that story and it made me laugh and it was from someone who works in college basketball so it's not just like a random guy on the street and he sent me a screenshot that said like they're gonna pay these kids one hundred fifty thousand dollars. and he said that's great news for bruce pearl he's offering 300k <laughs> <laughs> Dude, in all honesty, like all these leagues popping up, every time one of these leagues pop up, everyone says this is the death of the NCAA. I disagree. I think it's the exact opposite. I think this empowers the NCAA. I think it's yeah. the. I think you're actually making the NCAA stronger by doing because this. Then because then they say you have an alternative. They say you, you have an alternative. Yes. That was the whole point well, of playing court. overseas. They yes. were like, you want to go to Lithuania? Sure, go ahead. Now they can. Now they're standing in front of the Supreme Court saying these guys coming out of high school have like thirty leagues they can go to. Yeah. The NBA and they, and they one still of them. picked us for free. And they still, yeah, Wink. They, yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Last note, we're, we'll end it with this. Uh, shout out to Portland State head coach, new new head coach, Jace Cobden. Is that how you say I his name? I think so. Yeah. Uh, what was he, this? He, yeah, he, he, the most <laughs> move over, Steve Forbes. <laughs> we have a new champion of bizarre introductions to a new head coaching Ooh. job. He's doing his his introductory press conference. Date. He says. Among the highlights, he does not eat breakfast because he wants to come to work hungry. <laughs> And that way, when lunch hits, he's hungry. Yep. That's, that was like a quote from him, and it was like, "Yeah, man, that's how it works. Like you're 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 hungry at lunchtime. I'm also hungry at yeah, lunchtime, and I do eat breakfast. <laughs> so cool, good job. <laughs> uh, he also has a 2003 Chevy Tahoe. Yes, that he does not have air conditioning or heating in, and he does this on purpose. I I don't know if it doesn't work or he just doesn't turn it on. And he does this on purpose because he wants to practice his mental toughness. He wants to endure cold winters and hot summers mm-hmm. in his car. So that way he's more mentally tough. He, it's manufactured adversity. Yep. This is the Tom Izzo playbook. Yep. I'm manufacturing the adversity. So that way when I'm starving as I'm driving in, <laughs> in the middle of winter this, with no heat. It, it all, it, all for <laughs> what? You know what I mean? Like that was the best part about it. He, the, the whole point was to teach us he's a grinder. And all I learned was that he's an idiot. You know what I mean? He's an idiot. Dude, the best part of all, because that was the clip that everyone was sharing. Yes. But if you dug deeper and watched and found more clips, he had a clip where he was talking about how he was raised in a dojo. Dojo? Dojo. Dojo. Whatever. Dojo. Hard J, not soft J. Dojo. Dojo. He was raised in a dojo. Uh... Because both of his parents ran a karate school. He was he was literally raised by two parents that taught karate for a living. This, and he is a black belt in karate. This checks out. 
This makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and, and it's why he's such a good performer. I mean, that's what, that was the other part of it. It's like, this was definitely a performance, or at least we hope. And, uh, man. He is. He, so, he's our Portland guy. State to be waxing on and waxing off a lot this season because this guy is, I mean, make Portland State again, right? Yes. And, th- and that's what, that is what's happening. Portland is be- being made state again. And uh, it is, it is, this is something to keep an eye on. We are monitoring the situation. That's a favorite phrase of us here on the show. Yes. Uh, that is a situation that we are We'll keep an eye on it. That's for sure. That's, that's all we can do. That's all we can do. <laughs> you know how Arizona put out the statement, this is not in the best interest <laughs> of the state? Uh, hiring Jace Cobden is in the best interest of, of this podcast. Portland state. Yes. Of, of, of this podcast. <laughs> Very much. Uh, all right. That's it. Uh, thanks for listening to, uh, to us talk about the NBA. I enjoyed that. Um, I'm excited for the end of the season. Three more weeks. Like basically three weeks left of the NBA yep. season. And then we're going to have the play in tournaments, the playoff start. Uh, the draft has now been pushed to July, which I hate, but whatever. And also if summer league is coming back, we'll be back at summer league. So we are summer Dude. league guys. Uh, we're not NBA guys, but we are summer league guys. I need summer league back to eight. I, I, I got the rug pulled out from under me about the yeah. Indy 500. What happened? Yesterday is it not happening? That it's, it's, it's happening, but I, I, I literally scheduled my yeah. vaccine around the Indy 500. I wanted to make sure I would be double vaxxed mm-hmm. by the time the Indy 500 came so I could go there yeah. guilt-free, just shotgunning beers in the infield, <laughs> high-fiving people, taking pictures, like whatever. I was ready. Mm-hmm. I was ready. Like this was the comeback. This is America's mm-hmm. back moment for me. In my mind, I'm like, we're going to have yes. the flyover. I want to yes. be shotgunning beers. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be flipping off coronavirus. Like it, 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 the stars uh-huh. were aligned. And then the announcement from IMS yesterday is that 40% capacity uh, the infield will be closed, so you have to sit in the stands and you have to wear a mask in only 40% capacity, and it was a dagger to the heart. This means two years in a row of no Indy 500, and uh, I'm pissed about it. So please, Summer please. League, I'm begging you, please, Summer come League. back. We need, we need this. I need to go to top yes. golf for Chris Yes, Bernard. Ed, Mike Conley, <laughs> and Greg Oden, and uh, Ryan Rosillo. That, that, that is the goal. Yeah, let's, get let's it make there. it happen. Uh, all right, well, there we did it, Titus. We talked about the NBA. We're okay. That's it. We'll see you guys next week.